The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. Autumn continues in the Northern Hemisphere. I hope it is enjoyable for you. Good morning, I'm Paul Sadek. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Wednesday, October 12th, 2022, Wednesday of the 28th week in Ordinary Time. In the Missal, it's a liturgical year C, cycle two. Wednesday is a day to pray the glorious mysteries of the Rosary. And our saint today is St. Edwin of Northumbria. Born in 586, he married the Christian princess, St. Ethelburgia. Edwin, the pagan king of Northumbria, began to consider becoming a Christian himself. Pope Boniface V wrote to him, inviting him to accept the medicine of salvation. Edwin was won over through the efforts of Ethelburgia's chaplain, St. Paulinus of York. Edwin spent the six remaining years of his reign as a devout Catholic monarch who brought peace to his kingdom. The slaying of Edwin in a military battle instigated by the irreligious Welsh king Cadwallon and the pagan English warrior Penda of Mercia led to Edwin being venerated as a martyr. St. Edwin died in 633. St. Edwin of Northumbria, pray for us. Let's offer this day to the Lord. Dear Lord, I do not know what will happen to me today. I only know that nothing will happen that was not foreseen by you and directed to my greater good from all eternity. I adore your holy and unfathomable plans and submit to them with all my heart for love of you, the Pope, and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Amen. And we join Pope Francis in praying for the Church, ever faithful to and courageous in preaching the Gospel. May the church be a community of solidarity, fraternity, and welcome, always living in an atmosphere of synodality. Ten Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the gospel of the day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's Ten Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Today's words from Jesus in the Gospel are very hard-hitting. Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees in this famous passage, which is a number of lines which begin with the word, Alas! sometimes translated, woe, woe to you, meaning the same thing. In other words, meaning, this is bad news. I feel sorry for you. These are hard-hitting words because you, Jesus, need to speak hard-hitting words to these men who are really very spiritually deaf. And unless you put things really bluntly to them, there's no chance that they are going to listen to you. Probably they're not going to listen to you anyway, but there's a greater chance if the words are really blunt because they are in a very bad situation, spiritually speaking. You, Lord, condemn them with these alas lines, woe, woe to you, because 
their whole spiritual life is it's kind of inside out. Here's one of the lines, the beginning line, the only one we look at, where Jesus, you say, Alas for you Pharisees, you who pay your tithe of mint and rue and all sorts of garden herbs and overlook justice and the love of God, these you should have practiced without leaving the others undone. So they have a funny practice, which is, which maybe maybe it's normal, but they pay tithes, which is a tenth, a kind of tax of, of, of a tenth, which you're supposed to give over to God, essentially. And they pay that even down to a tithe on their mint and their rue. It'd be like, I don't know, giving a tenth part of your tea and coffee. So they write down, they're very scrupulous in obeying these tiny, tiny little details of the law, which in itself is not the problem, because Jesus does say, these you should have practiced. The problem is that they overlook far more important things. Some things are clearly more important than others, and some things are really not very important at all. And paying a tithe of your mint and rue and garden herbs is not really important. But they give a great importance. And what they overlook in the process then is something that is really important. The two most important things in our lives. Justice and the love of God. We'll come back to them in a moment. They become totally focused in on their own spiritual lives, living out their faith as if it were in a mirror. Totally introspective. Focused on themselves. And they shrink down and, and, and become smaller and smaller around their petty concerns. Apparently, some of these Pharisees even would, would argue whether it was legitimate to eat an egg that was laid by a hen on the Sabbath. For real. They thought, well, the hen was working and we shouldn't be party to that. And so we can't eat an egg laid on the Sabbath. Which is really just completely crazy. They've lost all perspective. Now, these things are important to us all because something similar can happen to us, that we become very introspective about the way we live our faith. Have I done this? Have I done that? Tiny, small things which are not totally unimportant, but not so important. And there's other things which are far more important. Those two big things, justice and the love of God. Justice. What are my duties towards those around me, my family, my friends, work colleagues. Are there certain duties and justice that I should be fulfilling to them, duties to my country at large? And these are that's an important thing, and some of those things are extremely of the first category of importance. And then the love of God, the most important thing for which we are ultimately all made, in fact, to know and love God. And am I doing that far more important then lots of other little things we might get completely hung up on. Jesus is saying to us, don't get closed in on yourself. Don't spend the day analyzing how you are doing. Much better to be able to forget, forget yourself, and which is really the mark of a big soul. There's a special word used by the, well, the Greeks ultimately, magnanimous, a person who's got a magna anima, a big soul. And the Greeks loved people with big souls. But Christianity also, magnanimity, magnanimity is very important. It's very important also because 
it reflects your Father, Lord. God the Father has been so magnanimous, so big-souled, so generous in his creation of the world. Pope Benedict said, excess is God's trademark in his creation. If God were mean, he could have, well, cut a couple of corners and instead of giving so many varieties of everything, you know, everything, plants, flowers, insects, birds, horses, and then everything. And so many varieties. He could have just given one of each, you know, that would have been enough. You know, but in, his, in his excess, you think of anything, anything, any small thing, roses. I don't know how many hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of variety of roses there are. Anything you can think of. Excess. Because God is anything but mean. And so the magnanimous person becomes in a way like God. And the saints are like that. Even look at Christ and your apostles in the gospel. So busy in looking after people, looking after their hunger, that you have no time to eat. We could even imagine that you actually just forget to eat. That's magnanimous. That's really immersing yourself in the needs of others. So much so that you really just forget your own needs. Our Lady is very like that. Think of her in the Gospel. We see it certainly twice, kind of dramatically. Once, at the very early stage in her life, visiting her cousin Elizabeth, because she has heard that Elizabeth is expecting. And it's the first thing that crosses Our Lady's mind, even though she's just been told or asked to be the Mother of God and said yes. And yet, in her magnanimous character that she has, she said, no, the first thing I have to do is go and look after poor Elizabeth. She's expecting, and she's elderly, and she doesn't have anybody to help her. So I'm down there. And then again, we see it at Cana, the beginning of our Lord's 33 years later, or 30 years later, the beginning of our Lord's ministry, public ministry. And Our Lady notices that the wine is running low, and really, it doesn't appear that anybody else does. She's, she notices these things. She's thinking of others. In fact, today is a feast day in, certainly in Spain, Our Lady of the Pillar. And it commemorates what was probably the very first apparition of Our Lady. And it's very early because it took place, according to the tradition, in the year 40. So Our Lady was actually still alive. So it's more like a bilocation. She was still alive. And James the Greater, one of the apostles, had traveled to Spain. And he was trying to evangelize Spain. And he was in a Roman town called Caesaragosta, now known as Zaragoza. And he was finding it really tough going. And he was really just tempted to give up. And Our Lady appeared to him standing on a pillar, which they still have, venerated in the cathedral in Zaragoza. And she stood there and comforted him and also uh, told him to return to Jerusalem very first apparition, and very much in keeping with Our Lady's personality, her concern for poor James, who's really just feeling completely worn out with the, whoever they are at that stage, the Visigoths, but he's feeling completely worn out, and he, she goes to comfort him, so typically magnanimous of Our Lady. So let's ask our Lord, let's ask his mother, Our Lady, help us not to fall into that kind of shrinking kind of faith, which becomes self-absorbed. Let's rather be absorbed by others, justice, but also absorbed ultimately by love of God. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. 
I ask you for help to put them into effect. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. More of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. It's 15 past the hour on Daybreak. It's Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app for Wednesday, October 12, 2022. I'm Paul Sadek. We pray with the whole church now as we're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips, and, and my, my mouth, mouth will proclaim, proclaim your praise. praise. Cry out with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Cry, Cry out with joy to the Lord, Come, let us sing to the Lord, and shout with joy to the rock who saves us. Let us approach him with praise and thanksgiving, and sing joyful songs to the Lord. Cry out with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. The Lord is God, the mighty God. The great King over all the gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the highest mountains as well. He made the sea, it belongs to him. The dry land too, for it was formed by his hands. Cry out with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come then, let us bow down and worship, bending the knee before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God and we are His people, the flock He shepherds. Cry out with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Today listen to the voice of the Lord. Do not grow stubborn as your fathers did in the wilderness. When at Meribah and Massah they challenged me and provoked me. Although they had seen all of my works. Cry out with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Forty years I endured that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my anger... They shall not enter into my rest. Cry out with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. 
Cry out with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. the Lord, my soul. Never forget all he has done for you. Bless Bless the Lord, Lord, my soul. Never forget all he has done for you. My soul, give thanks to the Lord. All my being, bless his holy name. My soul, give thanks to the Lord and never forget all his blessings. It is he who forgives all your guilt, who heals every one of your ills who redeems your life from the grave, who crowns you with love and compassion, who fills your life with good things, renewing your youth like an eagle's. The Lord does deeds of justice, gives judgment for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to Israel's sons. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Bless the Lord, my soul. Never forget all he has done for you. As a father is gentle with his children, so is the Lord with those who revere him. As a father is gentle with his children, so is the Lord with those who revere him. The Lord is compassion and love, slow to anger and rich in mercy. His wrath will come to an end. He will not be angry forever. He does not treat us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our faults. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so strong is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our sins. As a father has compassion on his sons, the Lord has pity on those who fear him. For he knows 
of what we are made. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flowers like the flower of the field. The wind blows, and he is gone, and his place never sees him again. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As As it was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. As As a father is gentle with his children, so is the Lord with those who revere him. Bless the Lord, all you his works. Bless the Lord, all you his works. But the love of the Lord is everlasting upon those who hold him in fear. His justice reaches out to children's children when they keep his covenant in truth, when they keep his will in their mind. The Lord has set his sway in heaven, and his kingdom is ruling over all. Give thanks to the Lord, all his angels, mighty in power, fulfilling his word, who heed the voice of his word. Give thanks to the Lord, all his hosts, his servants who do his will. Give thanks to the Lord, all his works, in every place where he rules. My soul give thanks to the Lord. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, now, and and will be forever. forever. Amen. Bless the Lord, all you his works. Lord, make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will marvel at your wisdom. From the book of the prophet Zechariah. The Lord showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, while Satan stood at his right hand to accuse him. And the angel of the Lord said to Satan, May the Lord rebuke you, Satan. May the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this man a brand snatched from the fire? Now Joshua was standing before the angel, clad in filthy garments. He spoke and said to those who were standing before him, Take off his filthy garments and clothe him in festal garments. He also said, Put a clean mitre on his head. And they put a clean mitre on his head and clothed him with the garments. Then the angel of the Lord, standing, said, See, I have taken away your guilt. The angel of the Lord then gave Joshua this assurance. Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you walk in my ways and heed my charge, you shall judge my house and keep my courts, and I will give you access among these standing here. Listen, O Joshua, high priest. You and your associates who sit before you are men of good omen. Yes, I I will bring my servant, the shoot. Look at the stone that I have placed before Joshua, one stone with seven facets. I will engrave its inscription, says the Lord of hosts, and I will take away the guilt of the land in one day. On that day, says the Lord of hosts, you will invite one another under your vines and fig trees. Then I said to the angel who spoke with me, What are these things, my Lord? And the angel who spoke with me replied, Do you not know what these things are? No, my Lord, I answered. Then he said to me, This is the Lord's message to Zerubbabel, not by an army, 
nor by might, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. What are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you are but a plain. He shall bring out the capstone amid exclamations of hail, hail to it. This word of the Lord, then, came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundations of this house, and his hands shall finish it. Then you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For even they who were scornful on that day of small beginnings shall rejoice to see the select stone in the hands of Zerubbabel. These seven facets are the eyes of the Lord that range over the whole earth. Then the angel who spoke with me returned and awakened me like a man awakened from his sleep. What do you see? he asked me. I see a lampstand, all of gold, with a bowl at the top, I replied. On it are seven lamps with their tubes, and beside it are two olive trees, one on the right and the other on the left. I then asked him, What are these two olive trees at each side of the lampstand? And again I asked, What are the two olive tufts which freely pour out fresh oil through the two golden channels? Do you not know what these are? He said to me, No, my lord, I answered him. He said, These are the two anointed who stand by the Lord of the whole earth. The Word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. These are the two olive trees and two lampstands that that stand stand in in the presence of the Lord of the the earth. The Lord shall select his two witnesses to prophecy that that stand stand in in the presence presence of the Lord of the the earth. A reading from an inquiry addressed to Thalassius, from St. Maximus the Confessor, Abbot. The lamp set upon the lampstand is Jesus Christ, the true light from the Father, the light that enlightens every man who comes into the world. In taking our own flesh he has become, and is rightly called, a lamp, for he is the connatural wisdom and word of the Father. He is proclaimed in the Church of God in accordance with the Orthodox faith, and he is lifted up and resplendent among the nations, through the lives of those who live virtuously in observance of the commandments. So he gives light to all in the house, that is, in this world, just as he himself, God the Word, says, No one lights a lamp and puts it under a bushel, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Clearly he is calling himself the lamp, he who was by nature God, and became flesh according to God's saving purpose. I think the great David understood this when he spoke of the Lord as a lamp, saying, Your word is a lamp to my feet, and a light to my path. For God delivers us from the darkness of ignorance and sin, and hence he is greeted as a lamp in Scripture. Lamp-like indeed, he alone dispelled the gloom of ignorance and the darkness of evil, and became the way of salvation for all men. Through virtue and knowledge he leads to the Father, those who are resolved to walk by him, who is the way of righteousness, in obedience to the divine commandments. He has designated Holy Church the lampstand, over which the word of God sheds light through preaching, and illumines with the rays of truth whoever is in this house, which is the world, and fills the minds of all men with divine knowledge. This word is most unwilling to be kept under a bushel. It wills to be set in a high place, upon the sublime beauty of the church. For while the word was hidden under the bushel, that is, under the letter of the law, 
it deprived all men of eternal light. For then it could not give spiritual contemplation to men striving to strip themselves of a sensuality that is illusory, capable only of deceit, and able to perceive only decadent bodies like their own. But the word wills to be set upon a lampstand, the church, where rational worship is offered in the spirit, that it might enlighten all men. For the letter, when it is not spiritually understood, bears a carnal sense only, which restricts its expression and does not allow the real force of what is written to reach the hearer's mind. Let us then not light the lamp by contemplation and action, only to put it under a barrel, that lamp, I mean, which is the enlightening word of knowledge, lest we be condemned for restricting by the letter the incomprehensible power of wisdom. Rather, let us place it upon the lampstand of Holy Church, on the heights of true contemplation, where it may kindle for all men the light of divine teaching. Walk while you still have the light, or the darkness will cover you. While While you you have have the light, light, believe in the light, so that that you may become sons of the light. I came into this world to make the blind see. While you have the light, believe in the light, so that that you may become sons of light. Let us pray. May your grace, O Lord, we pray, at all times go before us and follow after, and make us always determined to carry out good works. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. 25 minutes before the hour, and today's gospel is coming right up, along with In Conversation with God and Morning Prayer on Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app for Wednesday of the 28th week in Ordinary Time. I'm Paul Sadek, and in today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, the Lord continues to berate the Pharisees for their hypocrisy. It's from the 11th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. But woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love the best seat in the synagogues and salutations in the marketplaces. Woe to you, for you are like graves which are not seen, and men walk over them without knowing it. One of the lawyers answered him, Teacher, in saying this, you reproach us also. Woe to you lawyers also, for you load men with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible courtesy of Falcon Picture Group, daily and Sunday Mass readings are on the relevant radio app. Well, let's be clear. Temptation is not sin. How you respond to it may or may not be. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 5, Ordinary Time. St. Thomas gives us this definition of temptation. Temptation is nothing more than to be put to the test. 
When a person is tempted, it is his virtue that is tried. Temptation is whatever may separate us from the faithful fulfillment of the will of God. We may experience temptations that spring from our human nature, which has been wounded by original sin and is prone to evil from our very childhood. Concupiscence is in our makeup. Furthermore, the devil incites us to evil. He takes advantage of our weakness and promises us a happiness with him that he can in no way give. His promises are empty. St. Peter warned the early Christians, Be sober, be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Tertullian gives us the remedy. Only he who trusts in God has nothing to fear from the devil. The devil is allied with the world and with our passions. The world is here intended to mean whatever in our existence separates us from God. This includes those we come in contact with who live solely for self-love and sensuality, those who have their gaze fixed entirely on temporal worldly affairs. Such people consider Christian detachment and chastity to be absurd remnants of days gone by. They hold voluntary mortification in contempt even though it is absolutely indispensable for following Christ. These souls have become incapable of understanding the things of God. It suits them better to introduce and persuade others to their way of life from which God is absent, or so they think largely under control. With their words and behavior, they try to lead everyone else along this broad highway of pride. They will even seek to discourage people who are endeavoring to live their Christian vocation seriously by mounting and sustaining a campaign of ridicule against them. God allows us to undergo temptation so that we may obtain a greater good. His providence has so arranged things that trials and contradictions may yield good fruits. At times, these tests may turn out to be the best means of bringing us closer to Him. Temptation frequently acts as a kind of barometer of our spiritual life. It is precisely in difficulty and in temptation that we discover our true capacity for generosity, sacrifice, and detachment. We will, in similar circumstances, also encounter our own hidden envy, greed, sensuality, and pride, as well as our astonishing capacity to do evil. These are good moments for us to grow in self-knowledge and humility. We will see how weak we are, how much help we need from the Lord. As a result, we will find it easier to ask for the Lord's assistance. How often we should pray those words to our Father God, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Our experience of trial will help us to understand the defects of others. We will better appreciate their struggle and we will be of greater service to those among whom we live and work. The experience of temptation can inspire us to grow in virtue. In order to overcome a doubt against faith, we make an earnest act of faith. Whenever we cut short a negative thought or purely critical comment, we are simultaneously improving our relationship with the Lord. We should approach difficult periods in our life as opportunities in which to deepen our love for the Virgin, to grow in humility, to be more docile and sincere in spiritual direction. We cannot allow ourselves to be alarmed or discouraged by temptation. Nothing can separate us from God without our consent. No one can sin if he or she withholds consent to sinning. 
If the Lord permits us to suffer a time of trial, it is because he wants us to become more united to him. Temptation, then, can be a source of the grace and merit that leads to eternal life. And because thou wast acceptable to God, it was necessary that temptation should prove thee. With these words, the angel Raphael explained the logic of God to Tobias. Many Christians have found great comfort at the hour of trial from this passage of the Old Testament. In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers. It's available at your local Catholic bookstore. Fifteen minutes before the hour, and we pray with the whole church. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. My heart is ready, O God. My heart is ready. My heart is ready, O God. My heart is ready. My heart is ready, O God. I will sing, sing your praise. Awake, my soul. Awake, lyre and harp. I will awake the dawn. I will thank you, Lord, among the peoples. Among the nations I will praise you. For your love reaches to the heavens and your truth to the skies. O God, arise above the heavens. May your glory shine on earth. O come and deliver your friends. Help with your right hand and reply. From his holy place, God has made this promise. I will triumph and divide the land of Shechem. I will measure out 
the valley of Succoth. Gilead is mine and Manasseh. Ephraim I will take for my helmet, Judah for my commander's staff. Moab I will use for my wash bowl. On Edom I will plant my shoe. Over the Philistines I will shout in triumph. But who will lead me to conquer the fortress? Who will bring me face to face with Edom? Will you utterly reject us, O God, and no longer march with our armies? Give us help against the foe, for the help of man is vain. With God we shall do bravely, and he will trample down our foes. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it, as it was, was in the, the beginning, beginning, is now, and, and will be forever. forever. Amen. Accept the prayers of your servants, Lord, and prepare our hearts to praise your holy name. Come to our aid in times of trouble, and make us worthy to sing you songs of thanksgiving. My heart is ready, O God. My heart is ready. The Lord has robed me with grace and salvation. The Lord has robed me with grace and salvation. I rejoice heartily in the Lord. In my God is the joy of my soul. For he has clothed me with a robe of salvation and wrapped me in a mantle of justice like a bridegroom adorned with a diadem, like a bride bedecked with her jewels. As the earth brings forth its plants and a garden makes its growth spring up, so will the Lord God make justice and praise spring up before all the nations. For Zion's sake, I will not be silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not be quiet until her vindication shines forth like the dawn and her victory like a burning torch. Nation shall behold your vindication and all kings your glory. You shall be called by a new name pronounced by the mouth of the Lord. You shall be a glorious crown in the hand of the Lord, a royal diadem held by your God. No more shall men call you forsaken or your land desolate. But you shall be called my delight, and your land espoused. For the Lord delights in you and makes your land his spouse. As a young man marries a virgin, your builder shall marry you. And as a bridegroom rejoices in his bride, so shall your God. Rejoice in you. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As, As it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, and, and will be forever. forever. Amen. The, the Lord has robed me with grace and salvation. I will praise my God all the days of my life. I will, I will praise, praise my God all the days of my life. My soul, give praise to the Lord. I will praise the Lord all my days. 
Make music to my God while I live. Put no trust in princes, in mortal men in whom there is no help. Take their breath, they return to clay, and their plans that day come to nothing. He is happy who is helped by Jacob's God, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who alone made heaven and earth, the seas and all they contain. It is he who keeps faith forever, who is just to those who are oppressed. It is he who gives bread to the hungry, the Lord who sets prisoners free, the Lord who gives sight to the blind, who raises up those who are bowed down, the Lord who protects the stranger and upholds the widow and the orphan. It is the Lord who loves the just but thwarts the path of the wicked. The Lord will reign forever, Zion's God, from age to age. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it it was was in the the beginning, beginning, is is now, now, and and will be forever. forever. Amen. God of glory and power, those who have put all their trust in you are happy indeed. Shine the brightness of your light upon us, that we may love you always with a pure heart. I will praise my God all the days of my life. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Know and fix in your heart that the Lord is God in the heavens above and on earth below, and that there is no other. You must keep his statutes and commandments, which I enjoin on you today. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. I will bless the Lord all my life long. I will will bless bless the Lord all all my life long. With a song of praise ever on my lips. All my life life long. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. I will will bless bless the Lord all my life long. Let us serve the Lord in holiness all the days of our life. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies from the the hands of all who hate us. He He promised to show mercy to our fathers and and to to remember his his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, 
to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us serve the Lord in holiness all the days of our life. Christ, the splendor of the Father's glory, enlightens us with his word. With deep love we call upon him. Hear us, King of eternal glory. Hear Hear us, us, King of eternal glory. Blessed are you, the Alpha and the Omega of our faith. For you called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Hear us, King of eternal glory. You enabled the blind to see, the deaf to hear. Help our unbelief. Hear Hear us, King of eternal glory. Lord, keep us in your love. Preserve our community. Do not let us become separated from one another. Hear Hear us, King King of eternal glory. Give us strength in temptation. Endurance in trial. And gratitude in prosperity. Hear us, King of eternal glory. Now let us offer together the prayer our Lord Jesus Christ taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And And forgive us our trespasses, as as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Father, keep in mind your holy covenant, sealed with the blood of the Lamb. Forgive the sins of your people, and let this new day bring us closer to salvation. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Another new day is just waiting for you to make it holy. Morning air is coming up in just a few minutes with John and Glenn, Patrick Madrid a bit later on. I'm Paul Sadek. Let's do this again tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central or on the relevant radio app. You go out now and make this a great day and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. Ten Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio.